by Kleba. Down to 10. Down to 8. Down to 7. On the drive. To the rim and the dunk. Oh! What a dunk by Dodgers with a foul and a chance at a three-point play. Spectacular stuff from Luka Dodgers. I'm Luka Doncic and this is Locked On Mavericks Podcast. This is gonna be huge. 360 in the contract, never that. I just take the contact, I bring it back. I'm running on the fast break, behind the back. Yeah, this that, this that, this that. Jerk with the back. Oh, welcome. You are locked down to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member at MavsMoneyBall.com, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, contributor at Mavs.com. I don't know about you, but I'm pumped, Isaac Harris. That was a heck of a game. Like, that was so, so much fun. It sucked how it ended, but that was Did it? That was a lot of fun. Stop it. Did don't it? Even, don't get me started, Nick. Did it, though? <laughs> I will take an ending like that every single day of the week. Of course. I mean, that is the same thing we've talked about on this pod for two years of that. This is what people uh, cheer for. This is the cop out of, oh, yeah, we get a super fun game. But yes, Jokic made the shot. And uh, I just can't root for that, you know, like the yeah, I just I can't do it. It's not in my body to root to sit there and root for that shot to go in. Yeah, not rooting for it, but I'm okay with either ending. But I just I'm glad that it was just a good game, that it was fun. Dirk got his shots in. Dirk scored nine points. We're talking about the Dallas Mavericks. One hundred to ninety nine loss to the Denver Nuggets. We'll break down all of it. Let's just do a quick overview right now. Uh yeah, Dirk got his points early. He got nine points. Man, some of those threes that were going in for him, man, they're just looking so good. Oh man. It's like he can just yeah. do this forever. He had I mean, he had those back to back threes and it it looks so pretty. <laughs> that one where he pump fake Millsap. So Ugh. sometimes he pump fakes and then he does this like a little sidestep and then just to create a little space. He didn't even, he was like, screw the sidestep. I'm just going to kind of like <laughs> move my body a little bit and then still shoot the shot. And uh, it was marvelous. It was just like a side sway. Have you ever seen the Family Guy uh, Star Wars parody? No. Movies? <laughs> they have this one where, where, uh, where Peter Griffin is, he's supposed to be Han Solo and he's driving the Millennial Falcon. He's trying to get away from the like Imperial Star Destroyers and he's like flying away. He's like, don't worry, kid, I got some moves. And they pan back to the, uh, they pan back to the, the destroyer and he's like, what is he doing? He's listing lazily to the left. And then it goes back into the Millennial Falcon and Brian's like, like Peter, what are you doing? He's like, I'm, he's like, looks like you're just listing lazily to the left. And then it goes back to the Imperial Destroyer. He's like, ah, where'd he go? We totally lost him. I'm like, oh, there he is. He's listing lazily to the left. He and totally what, lost him. That's that's correct. And that's what Dirk does. Dirk just <laughs> lists lazily to the left and then loses him and throws up the three. Oh, man. This was just, a, I just thought this was a fun game. Don, Luca almost got the triple double 24 points, 11 boards, nine assists, two steals, one assist away from having a good game, Isaac. How many? This would be something to go back and look look up. How many games this year has Luca been one blank away? Whether it's an assist or a rebound from a triple double, because I feel like we've had multiple games in which he needed one rebound or one assist. Uh, he needed the assist the other night at the end of the game when he passed it to Brunson. Um, I just feel like this has happened a lot this year, but it still it shouldn't take anything away. 
Uh, I love uh, Charles Barkley tonight. Said, oh, I love Trey Young, but uh, sorry, sorry, kid, but this this race is over. You know, rookie of the year, it, it's done. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I mean, it, totally different performance on TNT with back to back TNT games. Uh, totally different performance to, tonight compared to uh, on Tuesday. Three times he needed one assist to get a triple double. One time he needed one rebound. So four times he's been one away Dang. from a from a triple double. Oh that no, sucks. including tonight. So four times, four times for one assist and one time for a rebound. So five times he's just been either one rebound or one assist away from a triple double. That's wild. That is wild. Um, speaking of races and rookies, uh, Jalen Brunson. All rookie campaign. Let's go. Let's go. Jalen Brunson, 20 points, five boards, four assists. He was eight of 15 from the floor, three of seven from three, just two turnovers. He was plus 13 for the game. I mean, he's, he played 40 minutes because Devin Harris barely played. And apparently Trey Burke has just you know, evaporated from the world. Was you know he what? in, was he in the last Avengers game? Did he, did he turn into feathers? <laughs> That's what we should call that Knicks game. The Avengers game. Cause after that, everybody just disappeared. Yes, we we need to uh, turn Trey Burke into a graphic of him the, like floating away. It was the Infinity War. Because we have yet to... Oh, wait, uh, spoiler I, alert, I, sorry. <laughs> I talked to him the other night after uh, whatever that Rockets game was, I guess. Um, but yeah, he just hasn't played. I'm supposed to talk to him again in next day or so, or when they get back. So uh, we'll see. Uh, I'll ask him. I'll just ask him. Hey, bro, why, why aren't you playing? He's probably just going to tell you, I don't know. It's the same reason that every player gives you when you say, why aren't you playing? Like, I don't know. I'm trying to practice and, you know, but doing everything coach asked me. And, you know, I just don't know. You have to ask, you have to ask coach. I feel like every time I've asked a player, why aren't you playing or getting more playing time? That's what they say. Probably. But it's at least worth the ask. Devin Harris only played nine minutes. He had two points off the bench. He was kind of hobbled. He didn't really play the rest of the game. So that's why Jalen Brunson always played 40 minutes. The Mavericks only scored... 13 points off the bench, and 11 of those were Maxi Klebas. I feel like that's where they lost the game. Shout out to Kevin Harlan for pronouncing Maxi's name right, which he's great. I, I, lo- I love Kevin Harlan. But uh, it just, it, when we see non local guys pronounce Maxi and some of these guys' names, well, normally, aka Richard Jefferson. Yeah, Ian Eagle and Richard Jefferson totally left me out to dry when I said, I told everybody to go listen to them and they pronounced everybody's name wrong. <laughs> they even went Donkich. Ugh. Oh, I think yeah. Isaiah Thomas tonight said and was using that uh, Kitch too. Don Kitch, yeah, yeah. Do that really Don Kitch. But yeah, Jalen Brunson. I mean, we we talked about on the pod the other day. We really uh, dove into if he could be make this all rookie second team. Uh, we talked about people who uh, should be on that team or who it could be. Uh, I know we both tweeted out stuff about it. I tweeted like a thread of like random stats uh, about him and other rookies this year. Uh, he has a legit case, and I think really how he plays these these last you know few weeks of the season is really going to play into that, or this last month of the season. It's going to be tough. I mean, you're looking at guys like Mitchell Robinson, Kevin Herter, uh, Miles Bridges of the world, and can he be on that second team? And tonight only helps. Absolutely, he he needed he needs a couple more games like this just to just to up his stats a little bit because he didn't play a whole lot at the beginning of the season, so his stats mean a little bit more for his averages than like Lucas do. I mean, Lucas he averaged twenty four, you know, he here he gets twenty four points, eleven boards, nine assists tonight. And that's not really going to move his averages very much, but for Brunson, that's going to mean a lot to him. So big games like this, he plays a lot of minutes, gets a ton of run. That's going to help him for that all rookie campaign. 
All right, woof. Let's take a quick break. When we come back, we'll hear from Kevin Harlan, and then we will uh, we'll talk more about this game and what else happened with the Dallas Mavericks tonight. Down to eight. Moves on Trouble. Takes the lead. Hammers it home. Dallas has got the lead. Doncic throws down a sledgehammer. Don't sleep on Luca. All right, Isaac. So, man, Luca. Okay. The dunk was amazing. I he just does crazy things all the time, but Luca does not look healthy at all. No, I mean he said it after the game the other night, or you know Rick Carlisle took um, blame for that, saying he think he thought he played Luca too much. Uh, Luca um, kind of com- confirmed, but he's not a hundred percent right now. He had that uh, he fell down on the court tonight, and it looked like he. Um, you know, he shook it off. It's no big deal. I think it was the other knee at that point. It was the right knee. But, yeah, I mean, is he fully healthy right now? I don't know. That's it, It's hard to really tell. It, because when it gets into this medical stuff, you, you get a – it's really what the, like what trainers will sign off on. And Casey Smith is one of the high – held in the most highest regards around the league, uh, the Mavericks, the Dallas Mavericks you know, head trainer. And – so, but a lot of these things or different categories of these things reach, it's, it's just a pain tolerance. So we, we don't know exactly what some of this stuff is, but uh, if it's a certain type of injury or certain uh, nagging type of pain and, you know, and they've looked at it and they've examined it and they're like x-ray all this stuff and they're like, man, hey, like structure wise, you're perfectly fine. It's just a pain tolerance thing and it's all up to the player. Because if it's up to the team and there and he wasn't, you know, th- there there's no reason to right now. But it, it's it's a pure Luca call. And if you ever question Luca's desire and passion for the game, this past month should prove everything about it. I mean, he is giving everything he has. He's all over the court. He you see him after uh, after that game like last week where he was on the bench with his head in his arms, like he was so upset about losing that game tonight. Um, he should have made the free throw, and we'll talk about it probably a little bit. But Ooh. you know, he took full blame for that after the game. I saw Brad Downson tweet out the video of that, and it, you know him just talking about letting his team down, and it really bothers him, obviously, and it just. He is so invested into this, and you can't uh, you can't love that any you know more than what we should. Yeah, let's see if we can get this audio going right here for Luca after the game talking about that free throw and just man, he is he has a hood on. He's sitting in like a dark corner. He seems really downtrodden, and man, just listen to Luca as he's talking after the game tonight. Yeah, I, mean, I should have made a free throw. You know, uh, I feel like. I let my team down, you know. That's not how I'm supposed to be, you know. That's not who I am. And I just, I just feel like I let them down, you know. I should have made that freedom. What happened to the offense down the stretch? You only got eight, eight, eight points in the last ten and a half minutes of the game. Yeah, I mean they, they're playing really good defense, you know. They, for some reason, they're the first or the second team in the West, you know, and they're really good, you know. But we fight, we fight till the end. So I think I really, really admire that. Oof. You just kind of hear it in his voice, man. Like, he's really taking this one hard. And I thought it was funny. He said, for some reason, they're second in the West. 
<laughs> I think that was just him trying to come up with the right words to say, but yeah. it was funny because a lot of us are thinking and looking at Denver saying, well, why is this team the second team in the West? How come this team all of a sudden they barely, they didn't even make the playoffs last year. They're one game away from making the playoffs. And then now they're the second best team in the West in the regular season, at least. Yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to buy them come the playoffs. So no, I did a video on free Dawkins. You can go back and look at my uh, breakdowns on free Dawkins. I did a video of the, the Nuggets breaking them down. They're just a, a weird team. And by the way, Isaiah Thomas completely out of the rotation now. He just he did not work out for them. <laughs> sorry, bro. See ya. Yeah, um, but no, I mean you, you can hear to the audio, um, which you know Brad Townsend's Twitter uh, came from. But he he puts the weight on his shoulders, and that's what you want to see from a star player. And and he takes Luke, this personally. Like he yeah, this is yeah. this is a loss on him. This is not. Like you know, oh, he's pointing fingers other other places, or oh, we should have been better, or anything like that. He, this is not you know, like, oh, well, this team's trying to lose. You know, the, he is taking this too hard. This is this is not the Mavericks lost the game. This is Luca lost the game in his mind. You know, yeah, and you know, there's a lot of tweets going on right now about the free throw, and he he has the dunk, the massive play, and he gets fouled and he has the chance for the three point play and to put him up by two in which obviously Jokic, if he hits the shot, it's overtime, but, and he misses the free throw. It's, it's been a, he's been in a slump with that pretty, I mean, he's shooting 70% from the free throw line this season. And uh, there's a bunch of fans like freaking out and stuff about it. Listen, if Lucas shooting 70% is our biggest worry right now, <laughs> we're good. We're good. I mean, it's obviously something he's going to work on this summer. He spent what an hour after the game the other night in uh, in the AAC working on his free throws and shot and stuff. So that is going to be one of his number one things he's going to work on this summer. And how he, how he shoots a step back and all that stuff, he can. Uh, it would not sh- shock me next year if DeAndre can make a a, a turnaround. I think Luca. Uh, it would not shock me if Luca shot eighty five percent from the line next year. 80%. Yeah, if, if Andre Drummond and DeAndre Jordan can improve their free throw shooting, then I yeah. would I would be concerned about it. Do you would you like a couple more of these uh, losses where Luca loses it on the free throw line just to have them stick with him over the summer? You know what I mean? Just no, so that he can no. have something to point to. No, he knows he he knows it. he's shooting seventy percent from the line. He knows it. He's missed too many. Just to have it, just a little more motivation. I don't need another loss because of that. Okay, fair, fair. <laughs> Um, so Paul Millsap should be over LeBron James for thir- <laughs> third team. All we made it. What do we make my it? 14, column. 15 minutes. And we made it halfway through the podcast before you could bring that up. Let me just say this. The Denver Nuggets have a, uh, a interesting cap situation for moving forward with Jokic and Gary Harris, uh, Jamal Murray stuff and everything. Yeah. Jokic they, is, Jokic is making like. Second round pick money right now, and he'll make he'll make max money next year because because when you're second round pick, and we're gonna probably find out find this out with Jalen Brunson, their their contracts are shorter, yeah, than the first it's, round. It's, so it's a little they, different. They get up a little bit earlier to, in free agency. I was to say this: they obviously are setting on Michael Porter Jr. and yeah, I think Porter is gonna be a four uh, whenever he does play. And if they look at it this summer, man, they can all they play say, Jokic and Porter together. I don't think they could. I mean, they'll try, but you're gonna play. Yeah. You're gonna play Jokic, Barton, Harris, and Murray. Stop. Let me get to where I'm going, because I'm trying to. I'm trying to 
make some type of point in which they de- they could decline Paul Millsap's option and would should Dallas be interested if decline because Paul Millsap has a team option for yeah. next season thirty million. So, so with their cap situation, they could look at it and say, you know what? We have Trey Lyles. We have Michael Porter Jr. We might have some in-house replacements that we would like to save that $30 million and we'll decline the team option. Maybe try to bring him back on a you know a more team-friendly deal, but we'll decline it. In that case, he would hit you know free agency. Would you like his fit alongside Porzingis? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I mean – it would have to be a shorter term deal. And by the way, I lied. Yeah. Jokic is making max money this season, but it came, I mean, it came up really early. He's, he came in the league the same year as Towns did. Right. And so I think so. Yeah. He, he was that, that draft class. I feel like, so his came up really early, but, but yeah, anyway, so he's making max money. He'll make max money next year. And you have Gary Harris on a deal. Will Barton on a deal, man, they, they just, they cannot pay all these guys. And so if Paul Millsap does become available this summer, that's an interesting, that's an interesting name. It depends on the money, depends on the years, but he is a really good defensive for, he's had trouble staying on the court this year. He can shoot the three. He has trouble guarding LeBron, but who doesn't? (laughs) That's kind of his, was the big knock on him that, Oh, he got destroyed by LeBron in the playoffs every single year. Well, he moved to the West and now he's not going to have to face him. So yeah. So, um, Anything else from the Nuggets? From the Nuggets side of it, Jokic, he had he had four shots in the first half and didn't make any of them. There it's a very it's a very weird team to where, you know, they're saying it at halftime. They don't need him to be their main scorer to to win games or to play well. They have these random guys and they have this they have this odd second best player by association kind of team where they have a bullpen essentially, like we were talking about the other day. Barton can score 30 on any given night. Harris Murray can score that. Monte Morris can give you some. Malik Beasley's been been awesome. He's almost a 50-40-90 guy coming off the bench, and he can he can light it up. Uh, Wancho's had a couple really good games. Mason Plumlee's had some some killer games recently. Uh, not recently, but just throughout the season. And um, they really ha- haven't – they're just so deep that they haven't needed him to be excellent or that great night after night or, and score in that way. And that's really gonna hurt them in the playoffs. I feel like he just he can't get his. We, we saw him get his own basket against Dwight Powell, but against you know real NBA defenders, he's going to be able to, or he won't be able to. Um, I'm not as much worried about him. I I think he'll be okay. I think he's that talented. But those Hawks teams in the East, when they won like sixty some games, the who would you say Mil their best? Was on. <laughs> yeah, who would you say their best player was? Probably Al Horford. Okay, obviously Jokic is better than Atlanta Al Horford, but do you get that type of vibe from this team? Um, because they had Jeff Teague and Korver and Millsap, Damari Carroll. They had a bunch of these dudes, and it was kind of—I mean, I know Millsap was probably, but like Jeff Teague, and yeah. so it kind of reminds me of that, like a great regular season team. And they brought that up tonight, talking about Millsap having playoff experience from those Hawks teams, and yeah. made me think about it. And I'm like, eh, it's kind of like the same type of vibe. Now we'll see if this will translate come to, you know, come to playoffs. I think they're going to be a sneaky upset team that a lot of people will try to pick. Like if they play the Clippers in the first round, or they play the Jazz in the first round. I feel like some people are going to try to go out and limb be like, you know what? You know what my fir- my big upset's going to be? Yeah. Denver you losing. You who I really like? <laughs> Whoever Denver's playing, I'm going to pick. And He doesn't um, look like it, but Nikola Jokic is an all-star. He's a really, really good player that no one's talking about. 
while on Twitter we're all talking about him all yes, season. Yes, we're all talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'm with you. I just I, they could be sneaky. It just really depends on their matchup. Um it just really depends where they end up. They uh they're second right now. They would play the Spurs. They could play the Clippers. Man, the Clippers could beat them. <laughs> I'm telling you right now if they played right now, I'd pick the Clippers over them. The Clippers are so good. I love watching the Clippers, dude. I love team (laughs) chemistry teams. They, I love them, and they they have the most team chemistry in the league. Also, if they play the Spurs, I would pick the Spurs too. Like, who's guarding Lamarcus Aldridge at all? True, they don't really have anybody to guard Jokic though. Demar, Lamarcus can can guard Jokic enough. He's bigger than him. He's enough. That's that's the thing that Jokic struggles with: is these bigger guys. Jokic would still put up his points. That would be tough. It, it's just, Denver's the hardest team for me. They're the hardest team to predict come playoff time because if they click, when they're clicking, they're great. I mean, Malone's already running an eight-man rotation right now. Normally, coaches are running this You come to playoffs, and uh, he's running it right now. So, we'll see. We, I love Malik Beasley. Yeah, I like a lot of their guys. I just think that they needed to cash in. I'm not... I'm not all in. I have. I've never been all in on Jamal Murray, and as far as a, because I get the thing is he should so be their second though. option. Yeah, I know. Like he, I feel like most people view him as their the second option on that Denver team, and he's just not taking that that step. You know, he's not taking what what they needed. What that well well anyway saying what they need. They're the second seed in the West. Yeah. But if if Jamal Murray was like Donovan Mitchell last year. You know, like if that was his thing and he was to that level, then I think people would trust him a little bit more, but he's still a good player. I'm not, don't get me wrong. He's still a good player and he could turn out to be amazing. But just right now, there's just a lot of questions instead of answers. And there should be, this is such a young team. Jamal Murray's 21. Wow. Jokic is 23. Gary Harris is 24. I mean, the oldest guy on their team is Paul Millsap. And he's older than Will Barton by five years. <laughs> and Will Barton's 28. Mason Plumley's 28. I mean, yeah, man. Uh, yeah. Monty, uh, Malik Beasley's 22. So they have, they have four guys in their rotation that are younger than that are 24 and younger. So they, they should have these questions like this. And Jared Vanderbilt's another guy. I loved him he's coming 19. to the draft out of Kentucky and uh, he's battled injuries and stuff a lot, but he's another guy to where if they look at it and say, man, if they're grooming Vanderbilt, they have Trey Lyles, they have uh, Hernan Gomez, they have Michael Porter Jr. They, that literally those guys could play into the Millsap, you know, team option decision this summer. For sure. For sure. And this team should just take the slow approach because they should just grow those guys together and not mess with it. And, I don't think they should do an all-in move. I'm, I like what they did, um, you know, just sticking with sticking with their guys. So, all right, let's take a quick break. When we come back, let's talk more about the Mavericks. All right, Isaac. So, man, we talked about Brunson. We've talked about Brunson a lot recently. We talked about yeah. Luka Doncic. They, the rest of the team, Tim Hardaway Jr. finally had a night where he's, he was hitting, scored 17 points. Uh, it just seems like he he's still it's – a, it's a one for me, one for you kind of – kind of decision that three at the end de- of the game decision process he made that he made that decision like a some a step back three air ball from the top of the key uh in the fourth and i'm like whoa 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 um but let me just defend him and saying it kind of goes into 
and I'm assuming we're not going to talk draft stuff today now. No, no, no. Um, it kind of goes into how I kind of view Cam Reddish with Duke is I think the role plays a lot for them. And we've said this a lot, but I think Tim Hardaway next year will be, will hopefully settle down into some type of role. And with this team now, he's being asked a little bit more. And I think it's just more sporadic right now. And if, well, I've went down this whole spill before. Right, right. Hardaway. Well, well the personified, when Tim Hardaway Jr. gets the ball, he looks to his left, and there's Dorian Finney-Smith. And he looks to his right, and there's Maxi Kleba. He looks down the middle, it's Dwight Powell. And then he looks over somewhere else, and it's, you know, like Devin or somebody else. Yeah. <laughs> it's just no playmakers on the floor, right? I mean, Devin yeah. kind of, but it's just, it's you and the ball, and that's kind of it. You can kind of bring Maxi or Dwight over to try and set a screen. You can do like a give and go with, with Dorian and kind of curl around him and try to do something, but... It's just it's just you and, and your defender, and that's really it. And so that's what he's that's what that's what he's been tasked with. When JJ comes back, I think JJ will change Tim Hardaway Jr. I feel like the way that he'll be able to play off of him will be will be really really good. Hopefully, JJ I think comes Porzingis back. will change him. I think the addition of having Porzingis to counter Luca and those two guys being the two alpha dogs that it's immediately he he becomes. You know that three and you know say D, but like just shoot your three. It's like everything we've asked of Wes and, and saying just focus on hitting your open threes at that point. We're, we don't need you to create. Uh, towards the end of the game, I text you about this. I'm not gonna say on the pod exactly what I texted you, but um, it was laced play with, with profanity. Just so much swearing. <laughs> no, Can't true. believe this guy works uh, at a church. Um, <laughs> but there was a play <laughs> ran for uh, Tim Hardaway Jr. Uh, towards the end of the fourth. So. Uh, Whatever you want to think about that. <laughs> uh, You'll never like, recover. Literally, one of, literally never... one of the last possessions of the game, uh, in that final couple minutes, uh, there was a play ran for Hardaway. And then uh, you could see Luca and everybody kind of looking at him like, all right, well, do your thing now. And, uh, yeah, it didn't work out the best. But, oh, well. Oh, man. Who do you put the blame on for Luca's free throws? Just Luca, Or do you think it goes on anyone else? I mean, eh. We expect so much of him. Our expectations have only grown because he's exceeded everything. So now we just hold him at this highest of all standards. And so if he's doing all these other things, of course something is going to, you know, he he, he just hit the ground running and was so good so fast in the league. We just expect him to have no area that would maybe lag behind. And I honestly think we're getting towards the end of the season and it's like, man, I mean, it's been a grind. I mean, he's probably, um, I haven't dug into, or at least for a long time, uh, all of every single one of his seasons over in Europe, but this is probably the most he's ever lost in his lifetime. Yes. Maybe. Somebody tweet, <laughs> um, somebody from Slovenia tweet us if that's not right, but I feel like it is. Yeah, yeah. This, I would say this is one of the seasons in which he's lost the most in his life. And, uh, you know, it's just the schedule grind, even, to, you know, no excuse, but like they flew to Denver this, you know, today. Yeah. And or the 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 day of the game because of the the snowstorm, he hurt his hand, you know, on that last dunk. But that that doesn't excuse the you know the half the season or the whole season. It's just something he's got to you know he's gonna pick up on. If you're losing sleep, guys, if y'all are losing sleep over Lucas' free throw percentage, just go to bed. 
keeps me up at night, man. I just lay, I just lay on my bed, look up at the ceiling, and just watch my ceiling fan rotate, and just imagine that it's the rotation on the ball. And I say, man, if Luca had thrown that from the free throw line, trying to get it into a metal hoop, it wouldn't go in. And that's what I just think of all night. And I just, I sit there, I can't fall asleep, I can't think of anything else. Just Luca's free throws, just over and over and over again. And I can't count them. You know how you count, you count sheep to try and go to sleep. He said one sheep two sheep you just count you start counting them can't do it with lucas free throws because it's no. one free throw clank two free throw clank it just it doesn't work don't be mean nick um if there there have been a lot of losses over the past couple weeks and there's years. going to continue to be losses <laughs> yes years too years but trying to find who's going to stick with this team is like one of the big goals right now. Yeah. And who, who is going, who can be role players on this team moving forward. And uh, I think Jalen Brunson has established himself Ooh. and we're what super else, happy about what that. What else can he show? I know. And, um, I think it's safe to say that, that when we told that story on the pod of the national, uh, writer who said he talked to a scout right when, uh, they drafted Jalen Brunson and said, Hey, <laughs> Jalen Brunson fits this team right now better than Dennis Smith Jr. And we were like, whoa, that's a little, uh, I mean, that was strong. Like at the moment that was right after the draft and, um, man, a lot of stats are being thrown out right now since the Dennis Smith Jr. Trade comparing his numbers to Brunson's and it's just a totally different fit. And you see two different styles at the point guard position, but I like that TNT threw up a graphic tonight, and they, they actually included Brunson. Now, they included some other players on the list, too, <laughs> talking about a, the future. They put a graphic up saying that Tim Cato tweeted this out. It was uh, the Dallas's youth movement, or like Dallas's future, and it was like Luca and Borzingis, and then it was Brunson, it was Dorian Finney-Smith, and it was like Justin Jackson and Tim, Tim Hardaway, Hardaway Jr. <laughs> yeah. But uh, no, Brunson should be included on that. We've talked Absolutely. about that. And I ranted about that, about Fox didn't put him on that graphic the other night, but uh, he's proved that point. Um, so, but after that, Dwight Powell keeps proving his, his worth. I mean, I, I, no, I will, I, I will, I will not stand here or sit at my desk and stand and, and get sucked in to another Dwight Powell after the all-star break run. Dwight Powell is the greatest after the all-star break player in NBA history. And I'm not getting sucked in again because we're just going to do this all summer. And we're going to talk about, Hey, remember how good he was at the end of the season? Remember he was getting double doubles every night. Remember he was catching everything around the rim. Remember he was doing all this. And then the season will, will come around. He'll, he'll be played a lot by Carlisle and he'll disappoint us again. He is a, he is a January to, to March player, January to April player. And I will wait. I'm until, just saying, I will I'm wait just until saying next 10, January for him. At ten million dollars, his performance right now is kind of worth it. For three and a half months, ten million dollars, I'll take it. <laughs> Gosh. And you know I've criticized Dwight Powell's game a lot, but he's he has played really well over the past month or so uh, of the season. And if he continues this up, I mean, I I was just on this podcast not too long ago joking that my theory of they're showcasing him so he, he might <laughs> opt out and get more money. But, man, he, whether it's a showcase or not, he's playing he, He's playing really good. Uh, so though, these pieces are starting to fall into place. And, you know, the buzz has kind of died down a little bit on Maxi. I think. Uh, oh, just, he has double-double tonight. 
Yeah, he had he had a double double, but just the uh, the buzz of holy crap, he could get a massive payday. Yeah. I think that I think that buzz is uh, slowed down a little bit. Uh, I'm not as worried about Maxi come free agency. I'm more worried about Dorian Finney Smith, and he didn't have the best of I games agree. tonight. He went zero for three from three, minus twelve. Uh, but I'm worried about him come free agency, and they need both if they want to keep these young role players uh, a part of their core, part of their team next year, they're going to have to have Maxi and Dorian play ball with them come well, July 1st. I'm not worried about them keeping Dorian at this point. I mean, he's he's just not playing well, and that that's not really helping him going into the summer. No, but what are you what were you what do you mean when you say you're worried about Dorian? More than Maxie. I'm more worried about him than Maxi because I think somebody will, is more likely to pay Dorian than Maxi. I heard the Knicks have a lot of cap space. And he has, the a, Smith he has way. a friend up there. It's the, it's the Smith way. It's the, the Smith way. It's the Dolan way. It's the, the Dolan, Dolan oh, way. <laughs> no. <laughs> um, but no. The Dolan I, way I like, is to trade your best player for a couple of draft picks that aren't going to be that good to get some cap space to potentially get some players you think you're going to get but probably won't. That's but, the but Dolan like, way. But like, here's the thing. You got to figure out this is going to be three straight seasons in which you're going to be in the lottery and then the low lottery. You can't keep bringing the same guys back, you know, one after the other and say, all right, even if they do add Porzingis to this, they, they want to keep getting better. What? Well, Isaac, they just traded away the soul of the team. So, Oh my gosh. Don't start on that sign. <laughs> so weird. Side. So the soul of the team is gone. So they, they've done a real good job in trying to get rid of that, that culture. But what's weird about this past month is I think we're all getting comfortable with the fact of Brunson, Dwight Powell, if they bring back Maxi and Dorian, like those are four guys right there. If you, if those are your role players alongside of Porzingis and Luca in another bigger name, like I, I like those role players. I don't, I don't think we're, you know, adding JJ to that on a, you know, a super small deal, but then you got to say bye to some people along that, you know, along the way because you need more shooting. And I'm really, really curious on what they do with Justin Jackson this summer. Yeah, it'll be interesting. He has a guaranteed contract next year, right? He has guaranteed money, but you know, if it comes down, yeah, I, I'm just curious. I, I'm see, I'm curious to see what he he shows over this last month. And right, if he's not getting minutes now, he won't get minutes next year. Yeah, yeah, agreed. Um, well. I'll push back a little bit and in, in just saying that we've talked about how this team is, you know, even last year was this team just full of role players. If they could only get two stars, you know, if they had two stars, they'd be sex. They have this whole team of role players and they have their one star right now and they're going to get their second one. And it's going to change the dynamic of everything. It's the same thing for Tim Mardo oh. jr. Works for Dwight Powell, works for Maxi, works for Dorian, pushes them all down the line a little bit and they play less minutes. They can be more effective in those minutes because they're playing less. They're all sweaties, so they all come in and bring energy. And It's just going to change a lot of things for them next year. The The guards coming off the bench are going to be interesting next year. Yeah, and, and man, I mean, we've talked about him a lot, but Brunson being this good right now is really, really interesting because it gives you some flexibility of, I mean, if he keeps this up, there's a world in which he starts next year alongside Luca, and if they don't get another like point guard type of player, because they're playing so well together, and I think Tim McMahon even tweeted about tonight just how good they're playing together, and 
I think the plan all along was, hey, man, we're bringing Brunson. He's a winner. He can be our future JJ. He can lead this second unit and blah, 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 blah. And now, man, he's playing so he's playing so good. I tweeted out tonight after they selected him in June. A reporter asked, and it was a good question. I'm not I'm not saying, making fun of the reporter at all. The reporter asked, you know, Carlisle that night of saying, "Hey, do you think Brunson could spend any time in the G League this year?" And we laugh you, about that you, now. We're like, no, no, no. Oh. you scoffed at him that night. And I was like, you, well, I, remember, I, sc- I remember we did the podcast right afterwards, and you were like, "Okay." Well, I yeah, I scoffed because. I learned really quick how they thought about him and just like talk speed. Like I, they, they really, 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 really loved him. And, but still now looking back on it, you're like, Oh man, I can't imagine Brunson in G league. I mean, he's starting right now and playing <laughs> really good basketball. So, um, can't imagine him throwing it, lobs to Costas. Where's Costas. Can we get some Costas? We need some Costas minutes, bro. How many games we got left? We, we need some Costas. We need Costa Smith. But anyway, Brunson being this good already is uh, uh, is is massive. Because, yeah, if he keeps it up, he's proven that he, he might be able to start next year. If not, he's going to be one of the first guys off the bench and playing with J.J. and all that stuff. Exactly. It's, it's fun. The Dallas Mavericks going forward are fun, and there's a real future. And a game like this is you know exciting reminder that the Mavericks have something to look forward to. For real. Especially seeing... Christoph Porzingis in his nice pressed suit with his perfect, you know, jewelry and his perfect hair and just sitting the way that he does. I mean, him and Luca could not be more opposite people as far as um, the way that they carry themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah, that is a very, very true statement. Uh, Dirk, Dirk Nowitzki, you say he mentioned, or he scored nine points tonight. That puts him, what, 18 points away? 17. 17 points away from passing uh, Will Chamberlain on the sc- all-time scoring list. They have two home games coming up. Mm. The next game uh, today, we're recording this late oh, no, Thursday he, he night. He needs 18 to pass. Yeah, 18 okay, to pass. He needs 17 to tie, to 18 to pass. You're right. So next game is Saturday night at home against Cleveland. Ooh. Oh, we need Saturday night. We need a safe 10 to 12 points that night, right? No, for him to let, pa- it, let him go it scoreless. Get, make us make us sweat about it, and then go no. for the eighteen. Go for the full eighteen that next night. Go for the full eighteen on Saturday night. No, I, I think we'll we should get you know. So hopefully get you know good ten to twelve. Get him about six to eight points away heading into Monday night, and then Monday night against New Orleans at home. Let's do it. Let's celebrate it. Mm. Let's celebrate it moving to six again. Yeah, six again. Yeah, he's already been here. It's kind of a weird milestone. We've been counting it down, but he's already been here. Yes, he's just had, he's never passed Wilt before. Is there and any kind of weird LeBron thing that he's doing? It he could do it against the Cavs. No, no. Any kind that's of, something LeBron. LeBron's into all that antic crap. Could LeBron? D- could could Dirk's Dirk not. be the highest scoring player against an Eastern Conference team that an MVP used to play for that he lost to in the finals and then won to in the final. Okay. Here here we go. (laughs) With the crazy bottom line, (laughs) bottom line, uh, Dirk, uh, over the next two games, hopefully he passes the goat on the scoring. list. Absolutely. There you go, guys. That was such a fun game. Well, let's play the call one more time. Here's, here's Chuck Cooperstein on ESPN. Let's play it one more time. Three by Cleveland down to 10. 
down to eight, down to seven, on the drive, to the rim, and it's done! Oh, what a dunk by Dodgers with a foul and a chance at a three-point play! Spectacular stuff from Luka Dodgers! Thanks for listening to the Lockdown Maps. Peace out! Boom!